Today's guest is Sandra Mendelson. She is a channel of animal consciousness and an animal communicator, author, blogger, and speaker. She brings forth wisdom and insights from over 90 species of the animal kingdom for the benefit of humanity. Sandra also facilitates as a certified polychromatic light therapist and health coach, introducing her clients to powerful LED light therapy and nutrition tools that support their pet partner's physical and emotional health. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Interspecies Evolution. The purpose of this podcast is to highlight human consciousness and how our self-awareness can lead to our honoring animals as conscious beings as well. We have gathered more than three dozen people with unique experiences and education, inviting them to share their journeys and how their relationships with animals have changed along the way. If you are seeking inspiration on your own journey of awakening or simply want to improve your relationships with animals, we invite you to join us because it is time for interspecies evolution. Here's your host, Jenny Jablonski. Welcome to the show, Sandra. Thank you. So good to be here with you, Jenny. I am really thrilled to introduce you to our audience. I'm sure many of them already know who you are and have read your books. But just in case, I'm very interested in having you share your journey with our audience. How did you get to the place where you're talking to hundreds, thousands of animals a year and giving these beautiful messages? I'd like to say that I masterminded it and I didn't. And I'd also like to say that I was hearing animals when I was a little girl and I didn't. I, short order, uh, moved myself into a position around 53 years of age where I was no longer doing corporate stuff. I was working in health and healing as a health coach, as a certified polychromatic light therapist. And I found myself working on horses because I loved them, but never really had access to them because they were too far away and mom wouldn't drive me for riding lessons. So here I was in Westchester, New York, surrounded by 65 barns, and I was doing polychromatic light therapy on horses. And one day, bitter cold day when I was dressed like the Michelin tire man and I could barely move and I was on my hands and knees working on an injured horse. I heard the most glamorous, ethereal first statement from an animal. This hay is crap. That's what I heard. And about five minutes later, a woman walked in and said, there's mold all over the hay. Okay. Same, same horse who would eat your entire hand for a carrot was in the wet stall, saddled up. You know, it, as you well know, when a, a horse is injured, and they're just getting to the point where they're ready to be ridden, uh, a vet or a trainer will administer a little sedative so that the horse doesn't overdo it and re-injure him or herself. And here was this horse, and I extended my hand, and he would not touch the carrot. And then I heard, get me out of here. And moments later, the trader, trainer walked around the corner and overdosed the horse on sedative. He's okay, uh, but his head literally hovered centimeters off the ground. And a few weeks later, at another barn, I'd say that's when my consciousness was cracked wide open to the unbelievable 
wisdom and and awareness of animals, horses in particular. When I put away my equipment, I just kind of put my hands up to do a little Reiki. I had only taken Reiki one and the horse slams his left shoulder up against my hands and flips around and slams his right butt cheek against my hands. And I hear, why are you wasting your time with this equipment? Why don't you run energy? The horses are waiting for you. And a conversation began with this horse time and time again, literally where he would say, you know, when the barn closes at four o'clock, we can drop the facade and be our true selves. We hear the birds speak, the plants speak, everything speaks. And it went on from there. I mean, literally to the point where I said, I'm making this up. And I vow to go back to the barn, you know, with my head down. And I walk into his stall and he headbutts me into the aisle and I hear, you bought into the illusion again. We need you. Well, that was a decade ago. What started to unfold, you know, I was keeping notes because I'm like, okay, I'm hearing these horses say, you said you would help me. And I'm like, okay, but your human won't hire me and I can't touch you. you know, what do I do with this information? So the next three years were, okay, moved to Florida and list just animals would face to face at first and then uh, known animal not face-to-face, and then an image of a gorilla or a camel or an anaconda or whatever would appear behind my eyes or a bear or a pen. It didn't matter. And the pen would just start going. And I would look at that stuff and go, mom. (laughs) And she's like, relax. You're funny, but you're not that funny. And you're smart, but you're not that wise. It's not you. So 53 species later, I basically had the components of the first book. It based on having no agenda. I had nothing to prove, just what do you want humans to know? I came from such a place of openness. There was no bias. There were no expectations. I was in a state of pure wonder. So they drove the bus. And I'd say about 75% of the first book, the animals were giving us tools so we could navigate life as humans with more grace, understanding, and joy. So that's a synopsis of how it all got started. And the animals came through with messages for children. And then, of course, as we hit the pandemic, right, we had even more guidance from the animal's perspective and they kept coming through. You know, I'd be in a doctor's office and, you know, with an ice pack on my eye. And then I heard an orangutan showed up and said, you know, This is an energetic world and humans are weeping for us and the heaviness is unbearable. If you really want to help us find joy in your own lives, because, you know, about their rainforest being stripped bare and being, you know, everything that's being done. So, yeah, the second book was really, it's messages for everyday living so that we could understand what, especially the wild animal kingdom knows about this journey that we're going through, the whole thing was humans waking up and standing in their power and and seeing the falsehood crumble around us and watch it all play out on a stage. Really how I got in, involved in this whole conversation with the, the animal world. That's wonderful. I, I love that the orangutan said, if you really want to help us bring more joy into your life, because the purpose for this podcast is to explore how when we as humans go on our journey of awakening and we become aware, self-aware and self-responsible, aware that we are spirit in a body, not just what science tells us about ourselves. When we 
go on that journey, we do experience more gratitude, more grace, more joy. And as we begin to raise our own frequency, we then begin to honor the animals, to resonate with the animals, to receive messages. Are you able to share a little bit about your personal journey when the animals started talking to you? What did you think about this? What did people around you think about this? What was your perspective? What was your spiritual reference point? I think that's the whole beauty of this whole thing is that for once, I'm getting very emotional. For once in my life, I wasn't looking outside to anyone. I had never read an animal communicator's work, including people that ultimately endorsed my book. For the first time, I stopped looking for answers. I stopped looking for meaning. I The pen just went and it formed itself, the wisdom formed itself. I did get some guidance that said, you know, ask pointed questions. This was from a horse that said, put them down on paper. You know, so I, I would ask, you know, about love and death and relationships and, you know, because sometimes you'd hit a wall. You ask so many questions that you didn't really know how, you know, they don't have a need to necessarily blather on, especially there are certain species in particular horses and elephants and whales that do really big energetic work. And from a consciousness standpoint, they are their own unique soul on their journey of growth and healing and love and all that and awakening. Then they can also tap into the oversoul, the consciousness, if you will, of their entire species, kind of like wisdom central. So it became very clear to me when I was hearing from just a personality or whether that animal was evolved enough to be the voice of horse consciousness or whale consciousness or elephant consciousness. And the wisdom was so profound that I didn't need a reference point. I didn't need, I mean, it sounded like stuff you would hear from the Dalai Lama or Deepak Chopra or Eckhart Tolle or anyone, uh, any great thought leader or Gandhi or whatever. And in fact, the animals would say things. And then four months later, I went, oh my goodness. I just heard that from an elephant and here it is calling, coming out of the mouth of the Dalai Lama. And I heard it four months, I'm sorry, it was a horse, four months prior. So there is, put it this way, it keeps unfolding. Beautiful thing about the animal kingdom and why they can appeal to and can bring anyone into their heart center, no matter how awakened they are as a human or how asleep they are. So in their own humble way, they are moving humanity forward. Whether you recognize them as your baby or your teacher, they are moving all of us into our heart space, helping us evolve, whether they are partnered with us or whether they are in the wild. And that's what I'm able to do is bring some of the wisdom from the wild uh, that we most, most of us don't have access to. I'm still in a state of awe. You know, there's things that they told me seven years ago that I go back and read and go, oh, my goodness, I forgot that, that I need that. There's so much. So I'm very fortunate because I did it for myself. I wrote it down. I wasn't looking for anyone's approval. And the people around me know me well enough. I'm extremely grounded that they they knew I wasn't like off on some flight of fantasy. I really, yeah, you know, you write books. Of course, you're going to get people that say this is crap. She made it up. Because they hit the wall of their own, they hit their own limit wall, right? That's okay. 
people are constantly finding you when you are just bringing forth something that resonates as simple, grounded truth that anybody can relate to. And the animals constantly say one thing. Keep the language simple to embrace all and be embraced by all. So it isn't big, fancy, poetic stuff that you, like a poem you can't understand. When they come through, everyone can understand. And how has this changed your life? Well, completely. (laughs) So many are looking for our to bring forth who we are to contribute. I always wanted to write books, but I never felt like I had anything to say that in my esteem had not been said before. And I knew, first of all, that if I was so wowed by this, I couldn't be the only one. Number two, it wasn't the Sandy show. It wasn't my opinion. Because when it comes through you, you know it isn't of you. That's why it's so easy to go, really? You know, the second day, you forget it. So it's changed my entire career, of course, because now... I blended what I did before, which was the photo puncture, which is acupuncture with light. Um, And it's so I'm now doing animal communication. In addition to authoring the books and having wonderful opportunities to speak about that, I'm doing animal communication sessions for clients. And so often when the animals say, yeah, you know, I have this that hurts or I'm really nervous or shaky or whatever all the time, a wonderful follow up to empower people is how they can use with a light torch and charts, how they can be performing acupuncture with light so easily on their own animals, which bonds them so closely because all these animals keep saying, stop farming me out to all these practitioners. Have some faith in yourself, my beloved human. It's changed my life completely. The people that have come into it are all awakening and conscious and want to honor non-humans. It's almost like living in a beautiful bubble. You forget really what is going on in the mass situation when our numbers are growing. We don't hear about it, but we are connecting. So social media and the internet have been really irreplaceable in uh, sharing the messages of the animals and then connecting with people that are like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. What I thought I heard from my horse, you just said something and I know it was true or what I felt. So I feel like I'm helping to be instrumental in people trusting their clear abilities, their interdimensional gifts, their awakened self. You had mentioned that you might be interested in sharing some messages from the animals today. Is there anything in particular that you felt called to bring forward? Well, I like to talk about the things that show up repeatedly from clients, pets in particular, because most people that are listening to this are probably not hanging with, you know, antelope or cheetahs. So the messaging that that I continue to hear, number one, you all have it. But what they're asking is pay attention to what we do, how we turn our head. We are communicating with you all the time with our eyes, with our ears, with our body movements. So you will know what we're feeling and trust that you don't need someone else to interpret it. Obviously, power of the present moment without distraction. It brings them so much joy. We all know this. You want to see through your dog or your cat's eyes, put your phone away and make the intention and get out of the monkeyness. Other huge messages that I hear. Pity is the opposite of love, right? 
worry is really the opposite of love and pity is toxic and it takes away our pets, animals, energy. So they do not want our worry. They want our love. That takes a lot of work on our part when our animal is in some kind of illness or injury situation. And they do not want our pity when, let's say, they have a deformity. Absolutely not. They do not focus on what is wrong with them. As animals live and breathe and communicate, what we focus on grows. We've heard it before. Respect means looking, and they ask for this. If you want to respect your animal, look at them as if you were looking at a human. Notice their sense of humor. They're the traits that you would be so impressed with and inspired by if you saw in a human. They're all there. Watch your pet. Notice their compassion. Notice when they're being strong in a tough situation. Their humor, intelligence, things like that. Thank them. It isn't, oh, my baby, I rescued you. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you might be offended by that. But there is a reason you are with this soul. You are journeying together. And it's a lot more powerful when you look across at them than when you look down at them as, as your little baby. Because they are not babies once they are past, you know, two years of age or even before that, one year of age. Freedom is really, really key. Honoring your pet's desire to be with, to be alone sometimes, to be outside. When did we ever begin to think that cats were not ever allowed outside? If you live next to a freeway, please do not be listening to this right now. But even sitting outside with your cat and let them eat some grass, you know, let them be alive instead of caged captive animals, allowing them to connect with the earth. They get so much information through their paws. This is for any animal, even, you know, your guinea pigs. Simplify your life if you can, because they can hear what's going on in your head. They are tuned into your energy all the time. I mean, I literally had one sad thought last night. I turned around, the dog had come in from the other side of the house and he was right there at my feet on cue. They are tuned into you. And again, every animal is different. I'm not saying they're all the same, but they do have that capability. And finally, they ask, they ask of us to stop giving away our power. And that means, now remember, I, I mean, your your pet is watching everything you do. They are watching every time you sell out when you're afraid, when you think that someone can do it better. So if you see yourselves as sharing an energy field and you look at your pet partner as a partner, you will change the dynamic. You will see so much more. I mean, my, my one of my favorite comments from a horse is, treat us like furniture and we'll show you only wood. Most horses, for example, will show you only the vanilla exterior when tutti frutti lies beneath. So the wisdom, the, you know, the compassion, the sense of humor, and yes, that intelligence you prize so highly, you will only see the full extent of it when you first see us differently. Until then, you will be peering through the slats at a partial image of our souls. So we have the ability to change our connection with the animal world by first changing what's behind our eyes and how we look out at them. the What you will start to see will astonish you. It's been there all along, waiting for you to be the loving, respectful viewer. That's just some of the things that our pet partners have asked of us. And, and well, there is another one. Um, when you spend time with your pet partners, 
spend time in silence just as you spend time talking with them. Spend time in stillness just as you spend time going for walks or playing games. They are always with each other in action and in, you know, communication versus in stillness and silence. So if you want to meet them where they're at, then be with them the way they are with each other. I offer an exercise for free on my website under the resources tab and then free content called Pink Pillows of Love. And I ask every client I have to do this exercise several times with their pet before I communicate with them. And I suggest that they do it on an ongoing basis to improve their relationship. So I love that you shared that last point. I want to go look at the pink pillows. <laughs> you mentioned it. I'm like, write that down. You'll love it. It's, it's healing for both the person who does it and the animal because we go into our heart space, feel a sense of gratitude or joy or love. And we radiate that within our own being first before we approach the animal. And then we offer that to the animal as if we would offer, you know, a blanket or a comforting toy to a crying child. We wouldn't jam it in their energy field and say, here, you have to feel better. You sort of offer it lovingly. And if they don't take it, it just sits there. It sits near them, around them. And when they choose to receive it of their own free will, it's much more empowering for them because we haven't done anything to them. We've offered the frequency. I love, I love hearing that because that comes down to, would you like to come up on the bed instead of pick the dog up and put him on the bed? Would you like me to go have your, pick your feet over there? Oh no, the horse will show you where and then lifts his foot. You're right. It's all the tiny Tiny, these are all signs of respect. That's beautiful. I'm glad you mentioned that. Wonderful. Well, Sandra, I am so thrilled that you agreed to do this interview. I love your messages. I love your books. I love your enthusiasm. I love the amount of time and effort that you've put into living this amazing life and honoring the animals. And from my heart to yours, I just want to say, I see the beautiful light inside of you and I can see why the animals chose you to be a messenger. We have come together reflecting on each other and uh, you are such a gift. I have been loving your work and there's so much more that I don't even know because you just keep growing and expanding what you're doing, but you represent the new wave of messages for people who are ready, which is, looking at ourselves and not blaming ourselves, but understanding, oh, I see, you know, my, my animal can be a mirror for me. We are here. We've come together to grow and heal together. So what people tend to do is they only look at their animal situation. And now the new way that you represent is no, wait a minute, hold it. Am I over loving? Am I over needing? You know, I am like that. I am interwoven with my pet partner. So thank you for having me here, for speaking with me and for the amazing work you continue to, to do and share with the world. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's very kind. 
I want to invite our audience to check out Sandra on her website and buy her books or share her books with a friend as a as a pick me up, as a Christmas gift, as a birthday gift. And all of Sandra's information will be listed in the podcast notes. I invite the listeners to return again next week for another conversation with me, because now is the time for interspecies evolution. And remember, when you follow your heart, you lead with love. Happy holidays, everyone. The information provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, psychiatric, or veterinary advice. Our conversations are based on our life's experiences. We intend this podcast to be complimentary and supportive. It is not intended to be a substitute for traditional medical, psychiatric, or veterinary care. If you need a doctor, a psychiatrist, or a veterinarian, please contact one immediately.